0: Welcome to The Kickpod, your weekly D&M on the stuff that matters.
1: Hello, Mozzie. Good morning. Hello. Over Zoom again. We are
0: over Zoom. We've actually... We had to re-record this interview because we recorded it last week. Well, not the interview. Interview? The interview. Sorry. What was It's not an interview. It's a chat. It's just you and me having a chat.
1: Bloody hell, we better not be re-recording
0: that one. Because <laughs> it was dick. No, re-recording the intro because we were very much in the mindset last week.
1: I think I must have jinxed us, honestly, because I literally said last week when we recorded laws we're recording this intro very ahead of time a lot can happen in the world and then yeah. literally the next day we went into lockdown so i feel like and it's i was like fault. what what are
0: you talking about no no it was my fault because i was like it's fine we're just like what do you mean anyway oh goodness this one came as a shock to the system i have to say we yeah. had a big meeting on thursday that we were in all afternoon and when we walked mm. in it was normal and then we there was like talks of a case but like was it don't know yeah. and then yeah. we walked out and we were like okay need to be locked down in two hours yeah it was full on it was um, it was it was and who knows how long we're going to be in this one for hey who knows yes mm. back to you know what I think is I was thinking about it before what the hardest thing is with mm. these these ones that you don't see coming and they're a bit shorter but just you just don't get in a routine no so you just find yourself I don't know, just feeling like... Because I feel like we haven't had enough to... Un- I don't want to be in lockdown longer, so that's okay. Mm. I haven't been able to get in a routine, but I feel like last year we really got into a, a routine of, like, you know, working from home and everything with lockdown. But this year's been really mm. hard because Scattered. we keep thinking mm. it's going to be, like,
1: just three days or just a week. But, yeah, anyway. anyway oh, <laughs> you look a bit sad. <laughs> Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I mean, like, you know what? I'm trying to look at the positives. And for our situation, we're super fortunate to have a great distraction that is Harvey at home. Mm. Um, You know, and I mean, you guys have, you know, Ben as a puppy. I feel like if you're going to be stuck at home having a newborn or a puppy, as much hard work Mm. as they are, you've got something to focus on. And it's a nice time to be there with them rather than being busy. So I'm trying to look at that as a positive. Yeah. 100% 100% and I feel like I'm I'm sounding happy right now because
0: I'm talking to you on zoom and I've just had a coffee it's not so don't think anyone listening that it's like always like this because I feel like I will go back to my isolated desk and I will start feeling sad again yeah. um I have quickly got a Ben thing they did this morning for you just thought mm. why not why tell not you. Ben stories? it'll be a new segment it happens that uh, regularly <laughs> this morning he was walking down the stairs No, I was walking down the stairs and he, because he's locked downstairs, him and Bill at night, Mm. and we have a baby gate, so they can't get up because otherwise we'll just eat all the things upstairs, like clothes and things. He tried to get through the baby gate, but now he's getting bigger, so he tried to get through it and then he broke it off the wall and then the whole baby gate fell down the bottom of the stairs. Thank goodness he didn't get stuck in it and he ran away and he was fine, but it (laughs) dinted a few things along the way. (laughs) Anyway.
1: So you've got a dinted stairwell, you've got a chewed bottom floor, I mean, whatever it's called, at the bottom of the stairs. He's a little rascal, isn't he? He is a devil. Devil is actually (laughs) what he is. He's a dascal, a devil rascal.
0: (laughs) Anyway.
1: Okay, so do you have a special share for us? I do have a special share today and I would like to thank you for it because the other day, I got the clearance to start incorporating a little bit, incorporating a little bit more hit um, and like jumping and all that sort of stuff into my exercise, which is super exciting um, for my postpartum kind of journey. And I tried core to the floor, the cardio Pilates. My favorite, yes, that you have recommended a few times, and I really enjoyed it, so I highly recommend anyone on the app to try that one out as well. And now I'm keen to like try all of the cardio parties because when they were put on the app, and even when we were filming them, when we were filming them, I was pregnant, so I couldn't try them then. And then since they've been in the app, I haven't been able to do them. So I'm, I'm very excited to get through them all. <laughs> <laughs> love
0: it, love it.
1: Yeah, it's a good one. It is a good one, and.
0: uh funny you ask what my special share is i'm getting <laughs> very impolite so, today I, um, I don't actually have any questions for you well i'll ask myself yeah. so my special share this week is kind of what inspired the topic of this podcast mm-hmm. so we had hugh van kylenberg on the podcast a few weeks ago and we chatted about his podcast a little bit which we love called mm-hmm. the imperfects mm-hmm. and they have got a new thing that they do called vulnerability tea house yeah. So this is not a tea house today, no. so we haven't – don't worry, Hugh, we haven't s- – <laughs> <you. laughs> But it's Hugh did an episode where he took – he answered um, the question, one of their vulnerability questions and it was a beautiful, beautiful episode and he was very open about how he was feeling, which I think is honesty and being vulnerable is so powerful for mm. people mm. So I wanted to, yeah, give a shout out to them. And I feel like we never give the whole team a shout out. Sorry, Mm. Hugh and Ryan and Josh. It is such a great podcast. Mm. So highly recommend. And now for this week's kick updates, we have got a few for you. So we are in the wildcard winter challenge. Everyone is killing it. Thank you so much for sharing. We love seeing that Mm. We're all doing the challenge together. I feel like it's super motivating. Mm. And I have found actually as well, because the challenges are in the planner mm. with our PT breakdown workouts, mm. I've been doing the breakdown workouts mm. more. I've I've mixed it up between the masterclasses mm-hmm. and the breakdown workouts, but I find I've been really loving the breakdowns and I'm adding the challenge to the end.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing the exact same thing. And it's funny because most days now I'm working out with Harvey on his little Fisher-Price music player so thingy. Cute. And so that's my workout <laughs> background music. <laughs> so sometimes it's a lot easier for me to do the breakdown sessions because then I'm not trying to listen to... You know, in the master classes where we do it real time, and it's know, like a real class, it's a real class. That's very hard to listen to when you've got Fisher Price music playing in the background. So, I mean, the breakdowns—if if you guys haven't tried them and you've been on the app and loving the master classes—give the breakdowns a go. It means you can um, play your own music in the background as well. And sometimes it's sometimes you just want to get your own workout in without having us making jokes all the time. Another thing we have to update is Tasty Tuesdays. So we're continuing Tasty Tuesdays, and this week's. Possibly one of my favorite recipe drops that we've had is the chicken wings and the tiramisu oats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although last week's ones were really good as well. I'm not a chicken wing gal. I'm a big you chicken wing gal. And I,
0: but I'm a tiramisu gal. Yeah. So, yeah. I jo- mean, tiramisu oats. Yum. Yum. For breakfast. Yeah. Breakfast, Makes tiramisu.
1: Sense.
0: What do you
1: have for breakfast? Tiramisu yeah. oats. <laughs> Yum. Oats. <laughs> um, story on chicken wings. While them while we're talking about them, so what, I what got please because you asked. Um, no, chicken wings are one of my favorite recipes. They always have been, and so much so that I had braces as a kid for three years. And when we first had our consultation with my orthodontist, he was going through all these different things that I couldn't eat while <laughs> I had my braces, or that I should avoid because it's likely to cause um, issues. And he went through all these lollies and all this sort of stuff. And I'm not a huge lolly fan, so I was like, "Yeah, whatever, I can do with that." Um, but then he said, "You can't chew on chicken bones," and I started crying in the appointment. And mum always reminds me of this appointment because she thought it was no, so I'm funny. But I like—I'm known in my family to like literally polish you off do. chicken bones. I—I I just love it. There's something about it. I love it. I know a lot—it puts a lot of people off. <laughs> So I apologise to anyone who ever sees me out in public getting chicken bones. But I fully cried. I love that about you. And you know what? Even when I had braces, I still ate chicken bones <laughs> and I broke my braces three times doing it. So, <laughs> so that's how much I'm in love with them. So. Oh, my God. I, I actually – yeah, you you love it in public and it's not you're not
0: like, oh, when you go out you're going to eat it with a knife and fork. No. And I know we've had chicken – because I'm not a big mm. chicken – Thing, person mm, like mm. chicken drumsticks, chicken wings, just not yeah. don't really do it for me. Yeah, so yeah. you though, if yeah. we order them, oh yeah, out, it's and good. I'm a good guest to you go are. out with for dinner because I don't have any. Yeah, yeah.
1: And you know what? Even like someone like Josh, my brother, was the same. They leave so much on the bone. I know this is going to be really gross. You've done people, it to me before but but I'll, too. I'll take yeah. the I'll take the leftovers. <laughs> anyway, that was a really random off-topic thing. But I'm just very excited to have it's okay. With I drank your out.
0: breast milk, so you're gonna have my share. <laughs> We're <laughs> going chicken wing bones
1: now for today's DNM. Steffi, mm-hmm. take it away. Alrighty. I wanted to send an email to you guys to ask for some advice. So I'm 20 years old and I'm currently studying a science degree at university in my second year. The degree was a bit slow to start with, but now I'm starting to do subjects I love, which is awesome. They're all quite content heavy and I'm doing four subjects, so it's quite time consuming. I am hopefully going to do a postgraduate somewhere in health, maybe nursing or medicine. I am also doing three shifts a week, at my job, which I also love. Basically, I wanted to ask you both what your best tips for time management and organization are because I am somebody who can get stressed and anxious very easily, but do also like being busy as it keeps me productive, happy, and in a good mindset. On top of my uni work, I have a great boyfriend who I like to see at least two to, two to three times a week, and I live in a shared house and also try to spend a night or two a week with my parents at their house. As well, I have a great group of friends who I try and see on the weekends because seeing them always makes me so happy. So basically, there is just a lot going on in my life and I love it all, but I just sometimes get overwhelmed and anxious. And when that happens, I become less productive and things begin to unnecessarily pile up and then it makes me more stressed. Ha ha. I know life won't always be this hectic and it's just the period of my life I'm in right now, but I was just wondering what your best tips are for organisation and time management as well as ways to de-stress on the go. This is a, oh,
0: croaky there's a frog yes. answering the question. Sexy. This is a very good question and I think it actually links into what you spoke about at the start of the podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have an annoying answer to this question Need and... Do you, it, we're you probably go. the same. It's it's that unfortunately I don't think there is a perfect balance and I it's find personally, yeah, no, it's just not, it's yeah. a, the non-existent. Yeah. And I find personally when work is really busy, my social life goes underground. Mm-hmm. When I was managing work and uni, my social life went even deeper and <laughs> then same with like family yeah. and, and all those things. It's actually, it's really hard to balance. Yeah. I think you're fitting a lot in. That is really impressive by how much you're doing but I think put a little bit less pressure on yourself and if it's stressing you out that you know you need to be home for your because I think I'm not sure from reading this maybe you're quite a a regimented person by you know you've got the exact amount of times you see everyone I think it's okay to not always be able to Mm -hmm. do that Mm -hmm. let yourself Mm-hmm. be okay with that and, and if you feel uncomfortable at like that maybe say to your family like hey I've had a really busy week mm-hmm. I'm only going to be able to see you mm-hmm. you know next week mm-hmm. and same with your housemates hey guys I'm not going to be around mm-hmm. this week that's okay you don't owe all of these things to anyone I think it's really nice that you know you want to show up for every single person in your life but also you it's important to remember we can't do it
1: all 100% and when I I mean I find this personally when I'm stressed and overwhelmed and I've got a lot on particularly when it comes to work and I'm also trying to fit in all those social you know, gatherings or whatever, I'm not 100% there and present yeah, because so I'm true. thinking about work. So I've actually found like with a couple of my friends, even you know, like my two best girlfriends from high school, seeing them at least once a month is really important to me to put that time in. But accepting that I might not be able to see them any more than that because at a time when I was trying to, I just felt like I wasn't present or like I was still kind of tuning in on my phone or whatever because there was so much else going on. So I had to – I think now when it's like, you know, I've got that time aside once a month and I really want to prioritise that, I can be really present and just enjoy my time with them and everything like that because it's important to me. Um, So you do have a lot on. You're you're trying to squeeze a lot into every single week and I think exactly what you said, Laws. There's not a perfect balance and there's also not a perfect balance that works for everyone. Like, you know, Laws, you are someone who loves to have a lot on when it comes to work. Like you, you have a lot, like the busier the day, sometimes the more productive you are, right? Mm-hmm. For me, if I don't have like, either like a slow morning or like, you know, those kind of things into my routine, I do get really and stress. So I know for me, to prioritise those downtimes is the best way I'm going mm. to be productive and for you it might be different. For you, the weekend's enough for you to be like yeah, super productive. Yeah, but I know when
0: I'm super busy at work, mm. it then means that weekend I can't be busy. I have to, yeah, I have to know have I've had to, a big exactly. work week,
1: which is fine with work, but I have to have nothing on that yeah. weekend or I'll be like yeah. ruined for Monday. Exactly, exactly. So you just have to find – I mean, everyone's got different priorities mm. Um, and but then again, you know, sorting your priorities when you love what you do and you love what you study and you obviously love your – family and friends that's really hard as well because it's like where you know how do you order that you can't always do that so um but yeah i think just release some of the pressure you, you don't don't be too hard on yourself because no one has the perfect balance mm. and it always ebbs and flows some weeks i'm haven't got a lot on work with work or i've deliberately taken more time off work and you know that and in in that week i might have more time to see friends and family and be more present with them uh, yeah i think it's just um, maybe letting go of some of your expectations of mm. it being perfect.
0: Love that. And I think what you said about it's definitely – you don't measure a friendship mm. by the quantity of catch-ups. No. It's quality over quantity. Yeah. So, yeah, take the pressure off. Mm. Hope that helped you. Hope so. Now we've got a clumsy story. Woohoo! <laughs> Woo-hoo! So we've actually had this – I was meant to read this last week and then we – the the pod because we've had guests on the podcast yeah. they've been really jam packed yeah. and we haven't managed to fit it in and I really was excited about this one <laughs> so thank you so much to our beautiful community member who sent this que- this question this story in and then also for the beautiful community member who sent in the dnm mm. if you want to send in a clumsy story or a dnm question you can send it into podcast au. Steph and I will read through them yes Right now? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Okay, anyway. Anyway, okay. So let's just open with telling you, Laura, that I feel your sister. Thank you. I am way gumby. Just can't seem to coordinate all of my limbs and then be able to tell my brain to go with it as well. just never works. So I have endless stories, but I'll start by sharing this one because I have a little still have a little giggle when I start thinking about it. I'm a child health nurse, and as a part of my current role, I go to the local state high school and teach sex ed. I bring items that are used for the students to practice putting on and taking off (laughs) condoms correctly, which is very essential in preventing STIs and pregnancy, absolutely. Anyway, was walking into the high school... One morning and running late thanks to back-to-back appointments. All the kids were out in between classes and on the way to period two. I was walking in saying hello, smiling, you know, the morning g'day, carrying my bag of sexual education resources. I tripped over my own feet, not a change in the surface, <laughs> not a rock, no, excuse. nothing, I feel you – Purely ankle tapped myself, which I wish I could say was the first time. Actually fractured my arm in the same way when I was eight. Anyway, I tripped, I fell not graciously, like those embarrassing videos you see, arms and legs everywhere. Me grunting.
1: (laughs) I love the details.
0: I I love the grunting. I dropped my bag. Everything flew out. Resources all over the grass. Practice penises flying. Very rubbery, very (laughs) flying.
1: Condoms.
0: (laughs) Condoms strewed everywhere. Me sprawled basically on my face. Thank God I wore pants that day and 12 to 17-year-olds standing around not really sure what to do. Fabulous icebreaker for the kids I was about to do education with. What a bloody Tuesday. Oh, my God. What
1: a legend. (laughs) That is a great story.
0: I... Like falling over mm. is embarrassing enough. Mm. Falling over with a bag of penises. Mm. Fake <laughs> Not real.
1: <laughs> That's the best. <laughs>
0: they cut them off no just someone oh, no. I was about to make a silly joke about it. I feel like I've seen it on Grace Nunderby where someone's cut the the partner's penis off because they were
1: being annoying.
0: <laughs> do not do that. Do not do oh. that. Um, but that is fantastic very funny. Thank you. Very, very, so very
1: funny. Good giggles in that one. Oh, what a way to start going to start go into the topic podcast. of the week. Mm.
0: So, the topic of the week—it's mm. not really funny. This one, no. But actually, the so I spoke before in my special share about how this podcast, the yeah. vulnerability podcast, prompted this. I've had two things on my mind mm-hmm. that prompted yes. me saying to calling you last night and saying, "Can we please talk about this? Yes, I have yes, a lot yes, of thoughts." Yes. Yeah. Um, so, firstly, the one of the other episodes on the vulnerability episode, one of the questions was what. Would people say behind your back? Mm. Go into that. In your own opinion. Yeah. That's, for me, mm-hmm. freaking scary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then at the same time, we got a review. And I I know, I I felt like really scared to tell you that I read this because mm. we have a rule that we
1: don't. Well, I have not read our, our podcast. Good. Res- I have not read our KickPod reviews since we launched. Good. Three years ago. See... I wish Do you know I why? was like that. Why? Because we're not here to please everyone. Yes. And I know there's going to be people who hate what, what, how we talk, who we talk about, who we talk to, what we, our opinions. We're not here to please everyone. Mm. And so I'd much rather, you know, I, we've spoken about it in the past, that have like one of our team members every now and again go over it. And if there's anything constructive in there, because obviously I know, you know, we're by no means perfect, and there's definitely things that we can improve on, and that's great, constructive feedback. But majority of the time, it's personal attacking, and I'm yes. just not here for that. See, this
0: is why <laughs> I need some of your brain in my brain. So, I, I mean, I completely agree. Obviously, we just wanna say, I wanna say to preface this really value constructive feedback totally. and I think I personally as well I read them because I have this pressure on myself that I need to do better every single time I do something so I think I'm like I need to know what people are saying and mm. what criticism
1: they're mm. sending in but the thing is can I say I'm yeah. just interrupting you. I'm so no, sorry no go you don't but apologize the kick pod like we are not here to be perfect kid pod, kick pod hosts we're yeah. here to be ourselves yeah so you don't need to learn so from other people that's what how to be we're a about yourself. to lean into yeah. right <laughs>
0: So we're here to be ourselves, and I think I would say, and I I actually asked Steph about this after I read this review because mm. I am quite a sarcastic person, which really? maybe <laughs> maybe from listening to the podcast you might have sensed that. I think yes. I showcase my personality out of every avenue mm-hmm. the most on a podcast. I mean, because we have to speak for you know yeah. forty five minutes to an hour, yeah. so you kind and of get just the all two of us. us exactly right yeah. we don't really um act different I, I don't know can you tell me am I different on the podcast no, than no, no, I no, in no real life? no you're exactly the same okay so this is where this comes in and I've always had I think another thing is that one of my biggest values on myself is being kind, kind to others and making them feel good and especially you as my best friend <laughs> who I love and so much and so to me me making you feel amazing about yourself is extremely important which you do every day Okay. Do I? So we read this, <laughs> I got this review and it's one of those ones that, you know, you know, you know what's coming. Enjoy, but, but why? Okay. And also I feel like saying this, I'm quite embarrassed to say this because I feel like it's something that I'm so subconscious of. So I'm owning, I'm trying to own it and just say it. You're being because vulnerable. Well, yeah, I mean that's this yeah, this is why this podcast is what it is. Okay, I know she's trying to be funny, but as a listener it can get quite annoying how Laura criticizes or makes fun of almost everything Seth says. So when I first read that, I literally started crying because I was like, "Oh my god, oh, this is my." And I think it's something that because it's my I know my sense of humor yeah. is like mean, kind of No, honest, but it's like, not. But, but were we've you, spoken yeah, about this before. I know we've A lot
1: of best friends have that even even people in relationships have that, you know, hang shit on each other kind of thing. A lot of people do. And people who don't, like, maybe they won't ever get it, but
0: but that's me that's literally yeah, me like I is. can't I just yeah. it's just me it's just the yeah. way that I I go about 100%. my life right and so I think as we've got especially this year I think we've really come into ourselves mm-hmm. if I could say in the podcast yes. we're more ourselves we're yeah. not as I think before we were kind trying of to be trying little to little do more. something yeah. and 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 now we're like you know what no this is what comes naturally to us yeah. but I think I've always had that subconscious thing in my head like oh my god am I a bad person and so this validated that thought and I'm and it's hard because I'm like I've now been myself, yeah. and
1: someone has now come
0: through and validated exactly my biggest fear. And I,
1: I hate I hated hearing that so much because you are possibly one of the most like selfless, caring human beings I've ever met. And you always, 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 always your biggest concern is making sure someone, regardless of me being your best friend, you never want to make anyone feel bad. Like you, that you you lift everyone up. I, I, that is well, who you are. Not obviously no. but- <laughs> You have your sarcastic humour where, you know, if you're, if you're close enough with someone, you can do that, right? And it just – it hurts me to hear that you've been able to completely be yourself and and I can definitely say that is 100% who you are um, and that there's nothing wrong with it and that someone decides that they can – Say something and to ter- to tear you down and for you to read into that and to think that validates an insecurity mm. is is just kills me because I I mean I hated it enough that it was an insecurity of yours because but it, but it also makes sense because you are so concerned about caring for everyone else other than yourself at all times of course it's an insecurity of yours of course every time you make a joke or like hang shit on someone you're kind of like fuck did I was that was that too mean because you care so much right but that doesn't mean that like you can never have a joke or you can never have a laugh. And it just – it really kills me and I really, really hope that – and like that I really hope that you can kind of get past what this individual, this one person has said um, and just remember, you know, we have a lot of listens every week. We have a beautiful community who listen in and love hearing what you have to say and love your humour. Love your humour throughout workouts when you're hanging shit on Danny as well. Like it's part of who you are. So I really hope that this one review – Just because you care so much about what other like, not what other people think, but like because you care so much about not hurting me ever and whatever, so that is an insecurity. I hope that this this one comment doesn't actually eat into that and make you change. I don't want you to change. I don't want you to stop. You think I'm (laughs) funny? Don't stop (laughs) hanging shit on me. Like it just then, then you won't be your your authentic self. And I think that that's something that I wanted to talk about today because I think when it comes to being vulnerable. We're our most vulnerable when we're ourselves, right? Mm. Like when we don't have a mask on, when we're not trying to be someone we're not. Like if, if I'm sitting here trying to be someone I'm not or like, no, I, I don't know what the frick I'm talking about, then when I get criticism, I'd probably be like, yeah, whatever, that's quite warranted. Um, but if you're being your complete self, that's that's what vulnerability is all about. And so of course it can hurt when you hear mm. something because you're not hiding behind anything. You're putting yourself out there. But I hate the idea that, because someone says something about you when you are being your true self that you think that you would need to change,
0: mm. and I
1: hope you don't.
0: Well, thank. That's. It. I mean, that's that's very nice. Thank you. I, I think, and that that's why I I really wanted to talk about this because. I'm sure a lot of people go through this in their mind, Mm. and for the past two episodes, this review came in. I think two episodes ago, Mm. so we've recorded twice since, Mm. and I have had these thoughts in the back of my head the entire episode. And even if I say something that's kind of I think is funny, and then I'm like, oh my god, like, am I am I too much? And I think that's it comes back to like you're always I don't know you're scared to show your full self Mm. because then you might be people might not like you, Mm. and then you're opening yourself up. To judgment, Like by doing this podcast, we are opening ourselves up to judgment of others and putting ourselves out there. And I think that's what vulnerability is all about. But then when I think about it, um, and this is why I love Brene's, Brene Brown. Is, she's the queen of vulnerability. I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you would know who Brene Brown is and you would have watched her TED Talk. If not, we'll put in the show notes. But I think that's one of the most important things for us to remember is – we're showing up for ourselves and if I don't show up for myself, I don't be myself, mm. I'm then going to have severe anxiety mm-hmm. through every single recording that we mm-hmm. do and maybe I'll be like, I don't, don't want to do this podcast anymore. Yeah. And that's going to be so – I mean, you would be <laughs> great, you know. <laughs> but that is the – that is the if I'm not – because I kind of went through all these thoughts like, you know, if I if I actually listen to this this thought, this judgement mm. – then maybe you know I won't I won't want to do the podcast anymore, and then I'll never be able to be myself again. Mm. Which is like, hang on, how can I? Mm. Why would we want to live our lives that mm. way?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and and that's why I really, really, really wanted to talk about this. Mm. And I think it's one of those things. And it's are we scared of the you know the shame and the fear that comes with being judged? Um, and you know, there's something that Brene Brown says that, you know, there's something about me that if other people know it or see it, that I won't be worthy of connection with others. And I think it, it comes back to that thing that we all want to be liked by people. And, mm. you know, if we're in our, fr- I'm sure if you, everyone listening might have experienced this. You're in a friendship group and you say something and you're like, oh my God, like, well, will people judge what I've said? Like, will they not, mm. not like me if I show who I am? Mm. And that's just crazy, mm. crazy to live like that. And, and I think one of the, the things that is so important is, I think with fear, and I'd love to ask you this. Mm. firstly, what are you the most scared of to be seen as you? And mm. it's a very deep question. Mm. And then have you ever experienced something like this and how did you work through it?
1: Um, well, I, I was kind of thinking of examples. Um, I'll start with one example of you know something similar to your experience. You know, back in the day when I was modelling full-time and I was really insecure in my own skin and um, it was when I was having, you know, a terrible relationship with my own body and exercise and food. I had, you know, these strong insecurities and one day I came across this website that basically reviewed models. It was like Mm -hmm. they'd post a model and then they would just – it would just be all of these people online just talking about this person. As if you're an object. Totally. Yeah. Because I'm a model, so mm. I can be, you know, spoken about that way. Um, and I remember coming across my profile and like all of the comments validated every single insecurity that I had. Like it literally was someone saying back to my own insecurity, "Yeah, that's right." Like, "Yep, yeah, you are too big," or "Yep, yeah, that's you don't have a big enough thigh gap," or like you know all these ridiculous insecurities that I was so fixated on were being validated through these strangers, mm. like complete strangers. And it just fed into my insecurities. It fed into that terrible relationship because I cared too much about pleasing other people. And um, and I think it is something to say when you because insecurities are normal, and you're not always going to be able to get rid of them. We've always got them at the back of our head. But when you listen to strangers' opinions on these insecurities more than those around you who love and support you, then it's they're never going to get any better. You're mm-hmm. never going to be able to kind of put them to the back of your mind if all you listen to is these, like, judgmental people who have no idea who you are, who are total keyboard warriors. Um, and it goes. it's the same with that comment that you got on the podcast. So that's that's kind of an example of something that I had to work through. And, and I think also back then it was when my following was growing as well. So I hadn't been used to being in the public eye. I wasn't used to having a bit of a public profile and people having an opinion on me. And so, you know, I was going – getting used to having hundreds of thousands of people, total strangers, comment and say things like – oh, at one point they were like, you need a burger, like eat some mm. more. Or then it, then it flipped to, you know, you need, you need to do less or all this sort of stuff because people can say what they want online, unfortunately. Um, and it took me a long time to be able to get used to not always getting positive feedback because, as we've spoken about with Hugh, social media for me was – a, a very big space where I went for um, what's what I'm looking for uh, validation and and everything, especially being full time model. You're mm. so consumed by your own appearance. And it was more new back then, hundred percent, hundred percent. And so now, obviously, my following is way larger than it was back then. But I'm so much more comfortable in my own skin. But I'm also so much more used to not being able to please everyone. And I think I've come a long way in just understanding that that's totally okay. I'm never going to please everyone, um, regardless of whether it's what I do, what I stand for, what I look like, whatever. I'm never going to please everyone, which again is why I don't listen, why I don't read reviews on things. Um, I still take constructive criticism. I'm all here for that. But, um, when it's personal digs, I'm just I'm not here for it because I think it takes me back to, you know, what would I say to a girlfriend if she was going through something like that? Like you, for example, with this podcast review, there's no way I want you to think or stop and pause on that for more than a second. Like it's just not worth your time. Um, And I think more currently what I'm going through at the moment where I feel most vulnerable is this new life of motherhood. Mm -hmm. You know, like parenting I feel like is possibly one of the rawest – most vulnerable like times that we would go through, um, because there are so many different ways to do it, and I think because I'm doing it publicly, um, you know, I've opened up myself to be judged in the way that I'm parenting. And for me, again, it, I totally had the option to be completely private with it, and I chose not to. So I've obviously put myself I out there. I think
0: also that, but you you share your whole. Oh, my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So
1: it would be hard for you, and I know people choose to do that, but I, I yeah. don't think it's like you
0: deserve because I chose to, yeah.
1: And I just think for me, though, why I'm so in like anxious about it at the moment, even though there's days where I feel like I've got this, I'm doing really well, I'm really proud of myself. There's absolutely days and moments where I'm incredibly anxious or feeling guilty or whatever because I might get a comment or a DM or something from someone that makes me question something I've done and because I've never done motherhood before and it's not just me it's not just involving me it's involving Harvey Mm. you know it's it's another individual it's my son and if if I for a second feel like I've done something wrong because something it's it's scary and it's horrible and it's Mm. it's incredibly vulnerable and I think yeah for me I'm currently working through that and just trying to listen to my own advice in that you know I know I've spoken out about there's so many different ways to parent you know you've got to trust your instincts but it it is hard it's hard to trust your instincts when when you've never done it before it's something you've never done before you're You're not a pro yeah because you're not a pro yeah (laughs) um and so yeah it's hard to not kind of hear some of the negative feedback Mm. but it's just yeah that's something I'm currently working through anyway
0: and I, yeah, and I think I think that's so hard. And one of the things that Brene speaks about with criticism, and I, I really love this mm. this quote. Well, I it's not a perfect quote, but this is basically what she said: if the critics aren't in the arena with you and showing up, how much weight should we give their criticism? Mm. And I think that's such. And I mean, especially coming to keyboard warriors, if they're not, if you're not out there you know, putting yourself out there and and being vulnerable and giving it a go, how much – right do you have to bring down people that are giving it Mm. a go and I think often a lot of our I think if we really question like what we internalize a lot of criticism that we put on others are because someone has got up Mm -hmm. and given something a go Mm -hmm. and we I I mean it's probably comes from internal jealousy of like well I I wish I could do that and and so I'm going to criticize everything you do because you're putting it's like because people put themselves out there and Mm -hmm. they be themselves they're then opened up to even more criticism Mm mm-hmm which is just
1: a bad yeah. a yeah. bad cycle. I think it is one of those things that when it, it kind of takes it back to like bullying and trolling and all that sort of mm. stuff, those individuals are generally people who aren't happy with themselves, mm. right? And so they feel like the only way they're going to feel better is by putting someone else down, um, which is horrible and obviously not the way. I think we have all would have been through parts in our lives where we kind of lent into that you know may I've gone through stages of my life where I was a little bit bitchy I fell into the trap of it and I didn't feel any better of a person I felt like a much worse person mm-hmm. being that way and I think as we get older which which I think is really upsetting because some of these people who do cast judgment you know for me are other mums who have been there and done that and I'm kind of like how like are you doing this because this is what happened to you and you think like because I went through this and I and that was unfair I feel like every mum needs to feel this way and you know we shouldn't champion every mum because I didn't get that opportunity like is that why you know and and I hate that because for me everything that I've learned, you know anytime a girlfriend of mine is going to get pregnant it's like oh my god I know I know what to say and like you know what not to say or whatever so it hurts me that Sometimes those people who are bringing others down have actually, in fact, been in that position, and it's just to me that just that mm. blows my mind.
0: A hundred percent, yeah. That it is. It's so it's so hard, and it's why it's so important to to question. I suppose when we are passing on criticism, mm. how we're doing it, and, and why we're doing it, and, and where it's coming from. I asked. Uh, thank you. I also i i put on my story to if you could send in some experiences, um, when I say you, the community, um, about vulnerability and your experience with it. And I, I'm, I firstly, I'm so sorry for not getting back to everyone. I had about a 1,000 amazing stories that I haven't been able to get through all of them. Mm. Um, and I've taken some of them out to read today because I think everyone has had an experience with it and everyone – the other thing that was quite interesting was a lot of them were females uh, in male-dominated industries – feeling like they couldn't be themselves Mm. because they, women, uh, you know, we've spoken about this a lot on the Mm. podcast, you know, Mm. ask too many questions or, Mm. you know, are too emotional and all Mm. those things. And that was really sad to hear because I think if we're not able to be in an industry that's super male dominated, Mm. feminine energy can Mm. be helpful in that. Or, you know, being yourself can be helpful Mm. in that industry. Mm. And it's really sad that it's kind of being held, we're holding back in our workplace Mm. as well. So the first one I wanted to read was what I suppose someone that really summed up I thought was great of of what is it. Showing vulnerability is 100% my greatest weakness. It is a fear. It is insanely irrational but it runs deep within me. I struggle to be vulnerable. I struggle because I associate vulnerability with weakness despite the fact it is very much the opposite. I can't even tell my doctors how I really feel sometimes. I have an autoimmune condition I try to downplay symptoms despite the serious impact they may have on me. It's totally irrational and stupid. This is seriously how deep it runs from within. It's almost like an anxiety. So to answer the question, vulnerability is deep. It coexists with fear, embarrassment, nervousness, and what could be perceived as a form of anxiety. That's my best take on a sample of one irrational person myself. I don't think you're rational, first of all um h- how do you how do you feel about that because I think th- th- for me what's struck out to me in this I can't even tell my doctors how I really feel and, and I know people that go to see psychologists and they can't even tell the psychologist how they feel because they're scared of the judgment for being a human
1: and I just think it's it's so not a weakness yeah it's a strength you know like being vulnerable is being brave you're putting yourself out there so first of all it's a form of confidence, mm. really. Um, and, again, I think the the people who feel the most vulnerable and anxious are the ones who care so deeply um, about others and about the way they're perceived and everything like that. So it's not – as much as it sucks when you're in the middle of it, it's definitely not a weakness. Um, it can make us a much stronger and better person, really. Um, so I suppose that's the first thing. But, it, again, to that point, if you can't even tell, tell your doctor – how if you feel like it is something you want to work through I don't want to use the word problem because Mm. it's not but if it's something that you want to work through and you can't yeah and you can't own up to it or be yourself to someone who's there and getting paid to help you how are you going to move forward and and get Mm. through that and that's what's that's what I hate so much about this pressure from society and that we all have to be together and we've got it all together at all times and we can't feel vulnerable or whatever Mm. because it's a weakness. I hate that pressure because it's so not true.
0: And for that doctor, I mean, it's not going to change. I mean, for them, they're not going to think about it afterwards. And it's just you and I think it it keeps coming back to to the same thing that, you know, do we want to get to the end of our lives or whenever Mm. we decide to start being vulnerable Mm. and sacrificed, I suppose, protecting ourselves from Mm. others' judgement to Mm. being who we are Mm. Um, there was another one that that I thought was—I mean, they were all so powerful. So, so thank you so much, everyone. Normally I wouldn't answer questions like these, but lately I've been struggling really hard. I gained weight, uni hasn't been great, lost my first couple of tennis matches. All of these things are supposed to be so little in life, but they weigh me down so much. I feel like I lost my thick skin and everything affects me so much more than it used to. I'm moving to another city in three weeks and I'm looking up therapists there so I can make a whole new start. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't want this to be I don't want to be this person for my boyfriend or family, so I feel like I need to make some changes since I have never been this unhappy. I can't commit to anything because the fear of failing is just always there and I can't seem to get over it. Last year I was diagnosed with PTSD and depression after witnessing a suicide along with many, many other things that life has thrown at me. It has held me back from entering relationships and applying for my dream job as a firefighter because I feel I fear that people will run and that I'll be rejected. Oh, my God. I know. This one made me cry when I read it last night. I What, mean, what are your...
1: Well, first of all, I'm so sorry for what you've gone through. I mean, there's no wonder that you are feeling, you know, anxious and and you're not feeling yourself or those kind of things like witnessing a suicide is Mm -hmm. life-changing to a lot of people um so I think it's incredibly brave of you to have reached out first of all and have told your story and have you know obviously allowed us to talk about it um and I think another thing that I noticed was how concerned you are of being a certain person for the people around you and Mm -hmm. I can relate to that I mean I know when I'm overwhelmed whether it's with work or with something going on in life I'm I'm working through you know how that then affects the way I am around people that I love Um, because I've found that when I'm overly stressed or anxious about something it then affects my mood and my energy levels and my reactions and my you know temper and everything and more often than not it's Josh um, who cops it and so I, I, I understand why you have this pressure on yourself to be a happy person for, for those people but at the same time until you work through those emotions and um, communicate with those people and maybe even with a therapist, it, you can't just like squash those emotions just to be happy around that those people don't like please take the pressure off yourself because um, we all go through really tough times and I'm sure there's a time when, you know, your, your family or your partner – maybe in a similar situation and they they're going to need you to support them um and it's not like you would turn around and be like hey why aren't you happy like can you just be happier I know you've gone through this but like snap out of it be happy they wouldn't expect that so you know just go easy on yourself
0: yeah I, I think I think that's such such great advice I for me what stood out in this one the most is that you're being held back in your life mm. from entering relationships and applying for your dream job because of the fear that, you know, people will run and, and that you'll be rejected. And that breaks my heart because we can't, it is so unfair for us to not live our lives the way that we want to. They're our lives. No one else is living it except you because of the fear of rejection. And I think with this one, with the the job If you apply and you don't get it, you're going to be in exactly the same position as you were before and being rejected, there's uh, there's one, a few more I want to read and that one actually I think would would flow really well from this one and and I think it's a great story of resilience, but it's important to remember that everyone gets rejected. If you get rejected, which I don't think you will, I think you'll do it Mm -hmm. and you'll get it and you'll kill it, but if you get rejected, you now then can approach the next time you Mm. try out and you've learnt and Mm -hmm. you can go from there. And I just think it's important to, to realise like, and you've written this down, I think that that's the most amazing thing, but don't let fear of judgement from others and fear of rejection
1: hold you back from living your life. Another quite resilient story. Um, she says, I am now 25 and when I was in school, I decided I wanted to be a doctor. I think ignorance is bliss when you're younger, but to put it simply, it's no small achievement when you aren't a natural academic like myself. I tried 7 times over 7 years, 1 year each attempt. You would think being a veteran in the process I would be comfortable with failure, but all I felt was shame. For the last 3 years, I ended up lying and not telling those close to me what I was doing because I was so embarrassed by my failed attempts. Last year, 2020, I got over this Last year, 2020, I got over the secrecy and I did open up. Still, not to too many, but I am so happy to say I started post-grad medicine this year and I'm on my way to changing the rhythm of women in medicine. It was such an emotionally difficult and debilitating process and I cried, secluded myself and shut everyone out for so long because I was so disappointed in myself. For some reason, we put this picture in our mind about what perfection is and if we don't achieve it, we're so hard on ourselves. Anyway, I learned it the hard way. I'm here now, and I'm so thankful.
0: So I thought I thought this was a beautiful one, and I think it, it as we said it flows on so well from mm. from the other story because I think it is a perfect example of how this you know this amazing human did not let failure stop her mm. from getting to where she wanted to get to, and on that I think you have to remember whose timeline are you on? Mm. Who is why do we feel like? obviously this is amazing resilience to try seven times. Mm. It's fantastic. But what makes us feel like we can't do that? What makes us feel like, you know, we have to get in the first time and if we don't, we've ruined the timeline of life. Like there is no specific timeline of life. It's your own life. I think that's really, really important to remember. And then I think the other thing of of the being embarrassed by the failed attempts, but coming through that and and realising that you know, we, we don't have to be so hard on, mm. our, on ourselves mm. and our family and friends are not going to judge. And if mm. they, I think, if they're going to judge you, your family, you don't choose your family, but your <laughs> friends, if they're going to judge you,
1: maybe they're not the best friends for you. You know what I found I think as well? I think if anyone is to judge you, they probably aren't resilient themselves. They probably mm. haven't ever. They, maybe they had a dream that they didn't push for and that they regret that they didn't push for, or they think, you know, it was never going to happen. And so that they automatically think that if you've had a few failed attempts, you probably won't get there. And, you know, they might want to soften the blow and and try and get you to stop trying early. Right. But anyone that is there for empowering their friends or that might have been resilient themselves and got to where they want to get to will support you Mm. and encourage you through, you know, failures. And again, we've touched on failure so many times in the podcasts. Like, as you said earlier, if you fail, you can learn from it. Mm. You can pick yourself up and try again. Mm.
0: It's
1: not the end of the world.
0: Exactly. And to finish off, I wanted to share one from a psychologist, which I thought was was a fantastic perspective and and a good, I suppose, summary of of getting through it and, and what vulnerability is. Hey, I'm a psychologist and I think this is an awesome topic. Vulnerability is such a scary concept for so many people and I think we all spend so much time and energy shielding ourselves from experiences where we might be vulnerable and avoiding opportunities where we might grow so we don't have to experience that discomfort 100% and uncertainty because there is always so much uncertainty in being vulnerable and I think that's a big part of what makes it uncomfortable. Allowing ourselves to be vulnerable is such a powerful and beautiful strength and I think being able to be vulnerable really overlaps with trust, both trust in ourselves and in others. If we can allow ourselves to be vulnerable, we can open so many doors for ourselves and for others too. In my job, I see a lot of vulnerable people sharing some of their deepest insecurities and I think I get the best out of people when I show them that I am just a human being as well who fails and feels bad and has negative thoughts. And just because I'm trained to help others doesn't mean I'm perfect at helping myself or immune to vulnerability. I guess what I'm trying to say is that for me, vulnerability can also be a tool for connection and a reminder that we all share one thing and that's our humanity.
1: Oh my God, that's so perfect. How, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Why did We're we even done. do the podcast? Because we just <laughs> could have done. read this
0: out. This was, this is amazing. such amazing advice. Yeah. Because I think it comes back to everything. We're so fe- fearful of other people's judgment. Everyone else is a human, and everyone else would have made mistakes in their life.
1: Even someone who is a professional, yes. in feelings and emotions. You know, it's amazing.
0: A hundred percent, and I just, I think that is such an important thing to remember whenever you're holding back. Mm-hmm. To know and from fear of judgment that I think everyone else has has that fear as well. Mm. We're all human, and no one in the world has never made a mistake. No. So what what are you worried about? And I think it just comes back to again, it's it's your life, um, and and you don't want to get to the end of it and not have lived your life to the fullest, taken opportunities, and, and not being lived yourself. your life
1: as you exactly, yes. and being yourself, and and you know, take the mask off and just just let let you be you, <laughs> you do you. <laughs>
0: And not everyone's saying. gonna like you. Not
1: everyone's gonna like you. Not everyone's gonna like your no, sense I of humour. Not everyone's <laughs> gonna like your sense of humour. Not everyone is gonna like the charities you support. Not yeah. everyone's gonna like your fashion sense. There's Not everyone's gonna like, you know, everything that you do. And that is fine because there's plenty of individuals who will as well and that's not even what's important. What's important is that you enjoy what you do, what you say, what you look like, whatever. It's all up to you and it's your life. So um, I, th- I think the biggest thing for me, taking from this podcast is just a reminder that it is a strength, not a weakness, mm. to be vulnerable.
0: What a way to finish. <laughs> Love that. I, um, yeah, thank you. Thanks, Steffi, for having this conversation mm-hmm. with me. I really appreciate no, thank it. Thank you for bringing it up. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If you do want to find out more about Keep It Cleaner, you can at www.keepitcleaner.com. We have got a seven-day free trial. You can also follow us. Uh, with a warning about sarcastic humour, <laughs> I'm joking. Laura Dot Oh my god, I never say mine first. It's okay, put yourself Who am there. I? Who do no, I? Don't, don't be scared. Let me do that again. Do it. At Keep It Cleaner, <laughs> at and at Laura Don Henshaw and we will chat to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.